Well, how are you guys doing tonight? You guys doing good? I'm doing really good. Yeah, I'm doing really good. I'm doing well. That's, I think that's the proper way of saying it. Uh, and well actually defines how I'm doing even better than good does. Because what's a well? Well, it's deep, right? And uh, I'm feeling deep, uh, deeply good. Well, if that's even how you could say that. Um, you guys doing good though? Okay, are you guys just drained out by the sun, or are you guys like just all really gonna fall asleep on me while I'm preaching? You're gonna fall asleep. Anyone else gonna fall asleep? It's okay to be honest. Chico and Bo and Dustin. Man, you guys are all falling asleep on me. Don't fall asleep. We got a lot we're talking about tonight. Um, so just so you don't fall asleep, everyone stand up. And if you don't want to stand up, thanks to the person who is sitting next to you who said that we're going to fall asleep. Everyone stand up. We do this every once in a while. No, I ain't even joking. Everyone stand up. We call these uh, our uh, our spirit wake-me-ups. Uh, it's and, like our thinking caps. Yeah, guys. it's like a thinking cap. we got to like, jump do some jumping jacks. Uh, or you can be like Bo there in the back and dance like crazy. Like, get that. It's the swimming man. No, I'm just messing. You guys sit down. Just sit down. We really don't do that. If this is your first time or your second time or maybe even your third time and you've never seen us do that, you probably won't ever see us do that again because we definitely don't do that. Uh, but I just don't want you guys to fall asleep because we got a lot to cover tonight. Um, and so, uh, uh, look around you, uh, there might be some folks, uh, who, uh, should be here who aren't here, uh, and it is now your guys' job and your guys' duty, uh, to invite them, uh, to be here next week, uh, as we're continuing our series, uh, on the Holy Spirit, okay? So if you weren't here last week, no worries, we're just gonna pick up where we left off last week, uh, and we record all our messages, so you are more than welcome, uh, to, to get a copy of those so you can listen to them. Uh, but we got a lot of information that we're going to cover all about the Holy Spirit tonight. So, the title of our sermon series, if you're taking notes, which I would encourage you to take notes, okay? If, if you guys really want to get interactive with me, take your finger like this, okay? Point it at yourself and say, I, I should, should take notes. Take yes, you should. Yes, you should. Uh, and so, the, the title of our series that we're going through right now, the title is Clarity, with the subtitle of The Holy Spirit and you. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit for what I told you last week was the next four weeks. I lied to you. Pastor shouldn't lie, but I did. Uh, we're going to be at least six weeks. Uh, and actually, we're going to be talking about it for six weeks. I'm not going to go more than six weeks. Yeah, we do talk about the Holy Spirit all the time. Uh, but we are going to be in this series, Clarity, for the next six weeks. So for the week before this week, now four weeks continues after this. Um, and so we're really just trying to clarify some, clarify some things. Hence the name Clarity, uh, about the Holy Spirit. Because uh, when I say Holy Spirit, uh, a lot of different things pop into our mind. Uh, some good, uh, some uh, not so good, some goofy, uh, some absent, uh, you name it. It's all across the spectrum. Uh, there's ideas and thoughts about the Holy Spirit in the church. Um, and I believe the Bible has some things to say about the Holy Spirit. Uh, partly because the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, but also uh, because... He, blur, he brings some clarity uh, to us, okay? We need clarity because we're humans, we're goofy, we're crazy, uh, and we get confused very easily, very easily. Uh, and so we're going to just talk really about uh, the Holy Spirit uh, for the next few weeks. Last week we talked about uh, in a message that was titled Forgotten Power, uh, and we just talked really about how uh, more recently in probably the last, oh, I'd say 500 years of the church, uh, the church has done a really good job at forgetting about the Holy Spirit. 
uh, and the Trinity to the church more recently in the last 500 years has become more about Father, Son, and Holy Bible rather than Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, and we need the Spirit. How many of you guys know we need the Spirit? Okay? We need the Spirit like a scuba diver needs his oxygen tank. We don't have it, we're going to drown, and it's going to be bad. Uh, but for most of the church um, throughout the last few centuries, uh, the Holy Spirit has been very absent, uh, so much so that one of the greatest theologians and preachers of the 19th century uh, said, we are walking around spiritless, uh, the Holy Spirit ain't anywhere around, and I pray that God would send men full of the Holy Spirit. The guy who said that was Charles Spurgeon, uh, and he did some pretty amazing things. And uh, so... We need the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we believe very much so here at Hillside Christian Fellowship and as Ecclesia being the young adult group of Hillside Christian Fellowship, we believe very much that the Holy Spirit is alive and active today. Amen. And uh, and he is working and moving through uh, his people. Um, and he does this in many different ways. And we're going to talk about those in the weeks to come. Uh, we're going to clarify some things that probably aren't the Holy Spirit that get talked about as being the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we're going to really just kind of break down uh, what the Bible has to say about the Holy Spirit. Sound good? So that was last week's message, Forgotten Power. Uh, this week's message is titled, and I'm encouraging you guys to take notes. The title of this week's message is, I Believe I Can Fly. Right? Reminiscent of R. Kelly. Um, I, I'm really not going to sing it. It's one of my favorite songs, Space Jam. Anyone see the movie Space Jam? Oh, like Amazing, okay? Uh, the Toon Squad will beat the Monstars every time they hop on the court. Uh, and how many of you guys love the Toon Squad? You guys like the Toon Squad? Yeah, MJ's pretty good. Uh, I hear R. Kelly in the background. I believe I can fly. That's awesome. Good stuff. Uh, the, the reason why we titled the message, uh, I Believe I Can Fly, uh, is kind of twofold. The first uh, is this I believe statement comes from something that is in uh, church history. Uh, how many of you guys have ever heard of the Apostles' Creed before? Okay, Maybe the Nicene Creed. Maybe you've heard it referred to as the old Roman symbol. Anyone ever hear it referred to? No, okay, only me because I'm the history guy. Uh, but it's, it's the Apostles' Creed. It says this, I believe in God the Father, the Almighty. Okay, right? Then it goes on, I believe in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of the Father. Breaks down his like life story. And then point eight of the Apostles' Creed is, I believe in the Holy Ghost. Okay? Um, which is the Old English way of saying Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh, and so uh, the I believe there is I believe in the Holy Ghost. And the part where it says, I believe I can fly, uh, that comes from the R. Kelly song. No, 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 no. Uh, it, it comes from um, uh, just perspective. Okay? And, and this per perspective I want to talk about just briefly is how many of you guys know how far you can see uh, when your eyes are open when you're standing on a horizon? I'm going to come to the question in just a minute. Uh, but how many of you guys know uh, how far you can see when you're standing on a horizon? Anyone know? Anyone know? Uh, you can see about 3.5 to 5 miles uh, before the Earth's curvature uh, kind of bends over, and you can't see any further. But, let's say welcome as people hey, come in. How's it going, guys? But when you get higher up, uh, you begin to be able to see more and more. So if I'm standing here on the ground and I'm looking out, the max distance I can see before the horizon of the earth and the curve of the earth bends out of sight is five miles. But when you go up in an airplane, it begins to go up. So much so that when you get up uh, uh, really high in the atmosphere, you can see miles upon miles, hundreds upon hundreds of miles. Uh, and then you can go up into space. Uh, how many of you guys know that we have this thing orbiting the earth called the space station? Okay. 
Uh, I, I learned this today, uh, and I thought this was amazing, but the space station uh, travels at 17,000 miles an hour. Um, that is so fast that it makes one orbit around the Earth every 90 minutes. So think about the five miles that you can see standing here on Earth. Now think about the thousands of miles it can see the higher up it gets. And so the reason I'm saying this is because when it comes to us as Christians and when it comes to us as living our lives, uh, we as humans can see very shortly. But the higher we get, the more we can see. And the higher I'm talking about is when we ask the most high, which is God. And so when we go for God... We're going to be able to see more things. God's going to open our eyes to more things. And that's why I believe I can fly. Because I want to go higher and higher and higher so God can continue to show me some things. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Lydia, you got a question. Where's the Apostles' Creed at? It's not in the Bible, if that's what you were asking. No. Yeah, no, the Apostles' Creed, you can find it very easily on Wikipedia uh, or anywhere else on the internet. Or you can find it in the back or the front of a Catholic Bible. Uh, you can find it pretty much anywhere you look, okay? Uh, it's just a, look at this. I even have a piece of paper of it right here. It's just a list of lines right there. See it? I printed this up so I can show you. This is a very uh, rudimentary form of it. It's not ornate. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the Apostles' Creed. And it comes from uh, sayings that were compiled uh, in the first two centuries of Christianity. Okay. It's based on the scriptures, but it's not scripture. Okay, uh, So what we're going to do in the next few moments, and I say few very lightly, um, but in the next few moments we're going to really try and tackle a few things. We're going to try and tackle the identity of who the Holy Ghost is, uh, and uh, we're going to try and figure out who he is and who he is. Uh, or, or what he does. Okay, uh, so just bear with me as we're going through this uh, this evening. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles uh, to John chapter 14. Uh, we're going to look at uh, a person in the Scriptures who really has a lot of authority to talk. Uh, this is Jesus. Okay, uh, and Jesus has a lot of things to say. Uh, he also has a lot of things to say about the Holy Spirit, and they're all contained. Really, uh, in John chapter 14 through John uh, chapter 17. So Jesus is going to introduce us to the Holy Spirit. Now let me just let you know uh, that John 14 through John 17 uh, is a sermon that Jesus preached in the upper room the night before uh, he was crucified. Okay, So this portion of scripture, Jesus is talking about this the night before he's going to die. Okay, Everyone get that? Now we're timeline. The disciples up in the upper room with Jesus. They're having Passover. Okay, this is right before Jesus is going to die. Uh, and this is what he says in John 14, uh, verse 15. If you're there, let me know by saying holla. Holla. If you're not there, let me know by saying hold up. All right, hold up. John 14, verse 15. And this is what it says. Y'all there? All right, this is what it says. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray... That the Father, uh, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells within you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So let's just pray real quick, dear God. We just thank you so much for your Word, uh, God, and we just pray that tonight. God, that uh, you would speak to us through your word. Uh, God, that some things that might be confusing to us, uh, God, that we would see some clarity. Uh, God, that we'd be able to learn from what your word has to say. 
Yeah, God, and that, that, that we would just walk away from this place different than when we came in. God, I pray that we'd be inspired by your word. Um, God, that we'd be challenged by your word, and we'd be encouraged by your word. God, may your word just encourage us. Uh, may it build us up in our most holy faith, God, and may we walk away from this place being more encouraged by what your word has to say. So, God, we thank you. God, we pray that uh, none of these would be my words, uh, but, God, that you would uh, speak through me and speak through your word, that, God, only your truth would come out. Uh, God, that anything that would be of me or of this world may just fall on deaf ears, or I may not even be able to get it out of my mouth, but God, that your perfect word would come through. So God, we thank you and we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So guys, we're going to be looking uh, through John 14 and the uh, the, the, the following chapters a lot tonight. So keep your Bibles open there. Maybe just set them on the seat next to you or on your neighbor's lap because um, we're going to keep coming to this. Um, but at this point, uh, the disciples the disciples are freaking out. Okay? How many of you guys have ever freaked out before? Anyone ever just had a freak out session? Right? Like, oh my gosh! Never. Right? Like when your favorite team's about to win the, uh, the World Cup and then they shank the goal. And uh, I used a soccer... A soccer analogy, not a football analogy. Yeah, come on. I saw the back row was really soccer heavy, and so I had to go there. Uh, no, it's like when your favorite team is about to win the Super Bowl, and they shank the field goal. Uh, it sucks. You freak out. Or when your favorite team is about to win the World Series, uh, and they hit a home run, and they do, and you freak out. Uh, freaking out is kind of freaky, uh, and it's kind of fun. Uh, but the disciples, at this point in the disciples' lives, the disciples are freaking out. Uh, why are they freaking out? Because Jesus had just told them a few verses earlier, uh, I'm going to be betrayed tonight. I'm going to be given up into uh, someone else's hands. I'm going to be killed. Okay? And the disciples are just like, oh my gosh. That's not good. Because we've been following this guy for three years. He's been saying he's going to do all these cool things. We think he's going to defeat the Roman Empire. Uh, and he says he's going to die? What the heck? Or what the heaven, because they were disciples. Uh, and they're freaking out. They really have no clue what's going on. And then Jesus does something. Jesus brings it down. He goes, hey, stop freaking out. When you die, I prepared a place for you. There's heaven. So they're like, great, Jesus. Now you tell us you're going to die. Now you're going to tell us when we die. we got somewhere to go. It's not getting good for them. They're just like, this is ridiculous, Jesus. What's going on? And then Jesus says this. He says, hey, keep my commandments and pray to the Father, and I will send you another helper. What does that mean? Disciples are like, sweet, like someone who's going to do the dishes for us? No, 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 no. We're going to talk about what that word helper means in just a little bit. Uh, but Jesus says he's going to send them help, and he kind of helps land the plan uh, for us. He tells them that he's going to go to prepare a place for them, but also he's going to send someone who is going to help prepare us for that place. Okay, so John 14, Jesus tells us that he is going to prepare a place for us. This is where you guys should pull out your pens and write this down. Uh, Jesus said he's going to prepare a place for us, and he's going to send someone to prepare us for that place. You guys all tracking with that? It's a lot of places in there. We, some of us got in there. Jesus went to prepare a place for us, and he sent someone to prepare us for that place. And the question is, who is this someone? Who is this someone? And that's a question that you guys probably all answer pretty easily, being that we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Hint, hint, this might be the Holy Spirit. Spoiler alert. Uh, but really, we're going to talk uh, about who this person is. And we're going to give you guys seven things that Jesus tells us about the Holy Spirit. 
seven? Seven things. Yeah, you came to church tonight, and I'm going to give you a seven-point sermon. That's bad news for you guys. Uh, but but seven points. The reason why we're going with seven is, one, because Jesus says seven really key things about the Holy Spirit. But also, uh, seven is a number of completion in the Bible. Okay, In Bible numerology, which we don't have time to talk about tonight, seven is a number of completion. It's also a number that in Isaiah and in Revelation refers to the Holy Spirit. Boom, seven. It's a good number. Okay? Uh, lucky number seven is no longer lucky. It's your holy number seven. It's the Holy Spirit. We're not relying on luck. We're relying on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's like seven days. Yeah, seven days of creation. Completion. Uh, so so seven's nice and complete. So be taking notes because this is the part where you're really going to bust out your pants. Okay? Point number one. Point number one is this. The Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing. A who, not an it. Okay, I'm going to say this one more time because in the church we've forgotten a lot about the Holy Spirit. Uh, remember that forgotten power we talked about last week? Uh, well, we've forgotten who he is. He is a person, not a thing. He is a who, not an it. The Holy Spirit uh, is not some floating essence of spaghetti noodles up in the sky. Okay, uh, John chapter 14, verse 17. Okay. Just look at this, if you will, in your Bibles. I told you to keep them there. This is what it says. John 14, verse 7, he says, In the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor it knows him, but you know him, for he dwells in you. He. He. You can't say he about a rock. <laughs> well, unless you live in the 1980s and you had a pet rock. Okay? You can't say he about an inanimate object. That's good. I was hoping someone would laugh. That's good. Okay, we see in the we see in the Bible uh, clouds talked about. We see fire talked about. We see water and oil and wind. Uh, let this be clear: the Holy Spirit is not a cloud. Okay, the Holy Spirit is not fire, even though He operates with some fire. I see Corey in the front row going like this. This is awesome. The Holy Spirit is not fire. Okay, Ooh, the Holy Spirit. Okay, um, he's not fire. Uh, he's not wind, though there's sounds of mighty rushing wind. He's not a wind. Um, he is not water, and he is not oil, even though he's described as and, and has uh, personality traits that are related to oil. Uh, he is not these things. Uh, he is a person uh, with a very distinct personality. Okay? Uh, the Holy Spirit has emotions. How many of you guys know in order to be a person or something with personality, you have to have emotions? Amen. Some of us have more emotions than others. But you got to have emotion to be alive. Okay? And this is how I can say this unequivocally, the Holy Spirit has emotions. The Holy Spirit can be lied to. The Bible tells us that you can lie to the Holy Spirit. Ananias and Sapphira, they lie to the Holy Spirit and they die. When was the last time you saw someone lie to a tree and the tree got offended? <laughs> right? You can't lie to a tree. You can't lie to an inanimate object. But you can lie to a person. Uh, not only can you uh, not lie to an inanimate object, but you have to lie to a person. Uh, the Holy Spirit has thoughts. The Holy Spirit has plans. Okay? Uh, the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit think? How do we know the Holy Spirit thinks? This is what Acts tells us. Acts tells us that, hey, it sounded good to the saints, and it sounded good to the Spirit, so we did it. 
Holy Spirit has thoughts. He has emotions. He has plans. Uh, what are the Holy Spirit's plans? Well, the Holy Spirit's plans are the plans of the Father that all would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Uh, and his plans are to point people to Jesus. And we're really going to talk about these um, in the next few points. Uh, I want to make it clear uh, because uh, in Christianity, okay, not in some other religions, in Christianity, uh, some Christians believe that the Holy Spirit is just some essence, okay? He's the essence of God the Father. Oh, he's floating around. He's doing all these things. No, he is a person. He is a very personal person. And he's a part of the Trinity. Now, does that mean he's a completely separate God? No, he's a part of the Trinity. We're going to talk about that just a little bit later on. Uh, actually, we're going to talk about that in the next point. So it's a good segue into our next point. Point number two, if you're taking notes. The Holy Spirit, he is God. He is God. He's a person of the Trinity, and we really can't unfold the Trinity tonight. Uh, it'd really be hard for us to unfold the Trinity in our lifetimes, okay? It's the divine mystery. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are all one, yet they are all separate persons. Not separate in that they are away from each other. They're distinct. They have their special operations. Does that make sense? Man, probably not. Uh, but just know this, and, and, and if you want to sit down and talk about this, I love talking about this kind of stuff. So come up to me afterwards and say, hey, let's go get coffee. If a bunch of you come up and say, let's go get coffee, we'll all go have coffee together. It'll be fun. We'll talk about the Trinity. We'll talk about doctrine. It'll be great. I see people say, let's have coffee. That's good. Um, so we'll do that. Uh, maybe we'll talk about doctrine after we talk about the Holy Spirit. Who knows? Um, but every page of the Bible uh, points to the Holy Spirit as God. Genesis chapter 1. The Holy Spirit is referenced in Genesis chapter 1. He was there. He was present at creation. God is there. He's saying, let there be light. Jesus is the great architect of creation, uh, as John 1.1 tells us. And the Holy Spirit, Genesis 1.3, tells us that the Spirit of God hovered above the waters. So was it a cloud? Trick question. Was it a cloud or an essence? No, he's a person, and he hovered across the deep. What does this mean? Well, that word hover there in the Hebrew uh, really is kind of cool, and we don't have time to really talk about it, but that word hover there in the Hebrew is the same word hover that when in like a mother chicken, how many of you guys live on a farm? I've ever seen chickens, okay? When mother chickens try and keep their little chicks nice and warm, they wrap their wings around them, and they hover. It's like a dance move, hover, right? Okay, they hover and they protect. Okay, the Holy Spirit hovers and protects. And we're going to talk about how he's our comforter a little bit later on. But he's present there at creation. Uh, throughout the Old Testament, we hear that uh, the Holy Spirit has come upon this person. The Spirit of God came upon Elijah. The Spirit of God came upon Samuel. The Spirit of God came upon David, upon Samson, upon Gideon. The Holy Spirit came upon them. The Holy Spirit operating as God, and doing things that only God can do. You see, the Holy Spirit can only do things that God can do. Why? Because he is? That's your opportunity to get interactive. Because he is? God. God. Okay, the Holy Spirit is God, and he does things that only God can do. Now, these folks in the Old Testament, um, they... God's Spirit came upon them. Uh, and then the New Testament comes around. Jesus. Jesus is born. How is Jesus born? Uh, well, God the Father is a part of it. Um, the Holy Spirit then comes upon Mary and Jesus is conceived. What does that mean? Some critics like to say, that's really weird that God rapes people. No, that's not what this means. Okay, And I say that, some of you gasp. Uh, that's what a lot of people say and that's what a lot of people believe. 
and it's really, really weird. Okay, that's not at all what it is. The spirit conceives something inside of Mary. We can talk about that. We can talk about doctrine. We can do that all at another point. But know this: the Trinity is involved in the conception of Jesus. Really cool. Okay. Uh, not only was the Holy Spirit at Jesus' birth, He was a part of Jesus' ministry. Okay. You're going to hear next week uh, from a guest speaker. Very cool. Drum roll. You guys want to know who your guest speaker is? Yeah. Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. Uh, we're going to hear next week uh, from our good brother, Bo, uh, about the Holy Spirit through Jesus' ministry. Everyone turn around and say, Bo, I can't wait. Bo, I can't wait. You're my favorite. Bo, you got a lot, a lot <laughs> wet riding on this thing now. This is good. Uh, so he was present in Jesus' ministry. And I don't want to steal any of Bo's thunder, so I'm just going to say this. Jesus gets baptized, the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus, and Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit and empowered to do ministry. You're going to hear about the empowerment and the ministry that Jesus did next week. But he also empowered the church. Acts 1.8 says that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. That same upon from the Old Testament now in each and every single one of us. We have the opportunity to have the power of the Holy Spirit living and working in and through us. Here's another thing the Holy Spirit did in the New Testament. Romans chapter 8 tells us the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. That's pretty impressive. But here's the thing that's even more impressive. The Holy Spirit is also going to raise us into our new and glorified bodies. When the time comes, the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead will raise our mortal bodies and then these tents that we have, these earthen bodies, are we're going to be given glorified, supernatural, immortal bodies, and we're going to spend an eternity with God in heaven. That's ridiculously awesome, and the Holy Spirit's doing that, and He's at work doing that right now. Okay, The Holy Spirit is at work right now. Uh, we're going to talk even more about that in just a minute. I heard some people say amen and get okay. It's okay to get a little bit rowdy in church. You guys know it's okay to make noise in church? Hey. Yeah, okay. Here's your opportunity. It's okay to make noise in church. Amen? Amen. Holla. That was good. My goodness. Um, oh. oh, man. I'll choke up now. Uh, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Try and say holy right after you say holla. It doesn't come out right. Um, my goodness. Okay, the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. Okay, the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. Second uh, Peter chapter one verse twenty one tells us uh, that prophecy didn't happen on its own. Uh, the writing of the Bible didn't happen on its own. It happened by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave utterances, and these things happened. Second Timothy chapter three sixteen tells us that the Bible is God breathed. That it is God's literal word. So First Peter tells us the Holy Spirit's writing it. Second Timothy tells us God's writing it. And the Bible can't contradict itself. What can we deduct from those two things? The Holy Spirit is God. He is God. Now we're going to come to the third point. Man, I'm, i got to take less time on these points. Uh, point number three. The Holy Spirit is busy. How's he busy? Well, he's busy in salvation. Okay? The Holy Spirit is operating in all stages of salvation. John chapter 3, verse 5 tells us that when we are first born of water, some of us might say, well, I wasn't born of water. I was a C-section baby. I was. You were still in a water sack, okay, inside uh, health class. Woo-hoo. Okay, uh, birth, <laughs> crazy. Uh, thank your mom someday. Okay, uh, she gave birth to you. We are born of water first. And then we are born of the woo, the Spirit, okay? And this is salvation. Um, Ezekiel tells us, this is awesome, that when the Holy Spirit, when we're reborn of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, like, reaches in, like Indiana Jones style, 
pulls out your heart, your heart of stone, and replaces it with a fresh and a clean heart. That's ridiculously awesome. The Holy Spirit does open heart transplant surgery on you at salvation. That's busy work. And the Holy Spirit is doing that today. He is changing people's hearts today. Can you imagine seeing that? That'd be really crazy to see. I'm not a medical school student, so I ain't ever going to see it. This is what John chapter 14, verse 7 tells us. John chapter 14, verse verse 17, not 7. John chapter 14, verse 17 says this, that the Holy Spirit is with us and in us. These are two ways the Holy Spirit operates in salvation. And there's three ways the Holy Spirit operates with us. But these are two of those three. First off, He is with us. Okay, what does it mean when it says the Holy Spirit is with us? Well, it means He's personal. Okay, Uh, but this with us is that pre-salvation part. Okay, pre-salvation. Bo, in that song that he was singing, that last song by Grace and Grace Alone, it talks about how the Spirit, before salvation, is drawing us unto the Father. Okay? The Holy Spirit, pre-salvation, uh, is doing work. John chapter 16 tells us the Holy Spirit is here to convict the world of wrong and of right and of righteousness. Okay? The Holy Spirit is convicting our hearts. Okay? You didn't just come because you're like, oh my goodness, I, I should probably change. No, the Holy Spirit was convicting your heart. Okay, uh, so much so, and I can say this uh, with all assurance. Uh, there's a reason why people, when they do drugs, they don't just up in one morning and say, "Man, you know what? I've been doing cocaine for five years, and I'm pretty satisfied. That was good. I'm done. Heroin. Oh man, those were great four months, but I'm done. I was satisfied with heroin. That doesn't happen. There's always an emptiness in sin. It's not just with drugs. Okay? You're never going to find satisfaction at the end of a bottle. You're never going to find satisfaction going from one girl to another or one guy to another. One one night stand there, one one night stand there. You're never going to find satisfaction in sin. And there's a very real reason why you will never find satisfaction in sin. It is because you were created by a God who loves you and you are being drawn by a spirit who wants to spend a relationship and an eternity with you. The Holy Spirit is convicting you of the sin in this world and you will never find satisfaction in sin. Come on. That preaches. That preaches. Thanks for the amen. That preaches. I can be done there. Okay? You'll never find satisfaction in sin. So if you're sinning, my voice just went up a few decibels. That's what pastors do when they're like going to drive home a point. If you are sinning, and you are sinning purposefully, and you are saying, I want to sin because I want to sin, guess what? You're not going to find satisfaction, so stop setting yourself up to failure. You are going to get hurt. If you are sinning, you are going to get hurt. But here's the deal. There is a God who loves you, who can wipe away all your sins, wipe away all your stains, all the blemishes that you had. His blood washes those away, and he makes you new. He makes you whole. He gives you satisfaction. And the emptiness that sin leaves, the Holy Spirit is drawing you unto the Father so that you can have satisfaction in the Son. I'm going to say that one more time. Sin leads to emptiness. You will never find satisfaction in sin, but the Holy Spirit is drawing you unto the Father so that you can have satisfaction in the Son. This is amazing. The Holy Spirit is doing some crazy works in us. And here's the deal. We have the opportunity, because God's a God who loves us, 
He doesn't force us to make decisions. Okay? We have an opportunity then to respond to the Holy Spirit's convictions, respond to the Holy Spirit's promptings, and say, all right, God, I understand. I'm not living for you, and I want to. God, I'm going to decide to follow you. And we're going to have an opportunity at the end of tonight that if you've never made that decision, or maybe you've made it before and you walked away, that you can say, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus from this day forward. But we're going to get there. But something happens at that stage when you say, okay, I'm going to respond to the Holy Spirit. Something happens. And you say, Jesus, I want you to come and be the Lord of my life. Guess what happens? The Holy Spirit then, he was with you, but now he is in you. Okay, the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside. It's that temple of the Holy Spirit that we were talking about last week, right? Went from the tabernacle to the temple, now to us. The Holy Spirit now takes up residence inside of us. And this is what I want to say about the Holy Spirit when it comes to salvation. Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. You guys can go write this down or underline this in your Bible. But Revelation chapter 22, verse 17 says something pretty, pretty impressive. It says this, that the bride and the Spirit both beckon come. They both say, come. The Holy Spirit is saying, come unto the Father, receive Jesus, come. But also, who's doing it with the Holy Spirit? The bride. The bride is saying, come, come, come. Who is the bride? Yeah, the church. I am the bride of Christ. And the bride is saying, come. So just like the Holy Spirit is saying, we, the church, are saying, come. Hear the gospel, respond to Jesus, be convicted of your sins, and come and receive the love that God has to offer. That's why every time, if you guys have been coming for a while, have you noticed when I pray at the beginning of every message, I kind of pray the same words at a certain point in my prayer. I say, God, let these words not be of me, but my, may your perfect word come through. Okay. The reason I say that is because the bride and the Holy Spirit are beckoning, come. I'm not up here just to say something cool. I'm up here to say, hey, Holy Spirit, work through me. Okay? Not so I can look cool. I don't look cool. But work through, through me so that the Holy Spirit draws men unto the Father. Does that make sense? Okay. And so the church's job, uh, as it's operating in the giftings of the Holy Spirit, is to bring people to Jesus. Okay. Your job, take your finger, point it at yourself. My job, My job. is to, is to tell, people tell people about Jesus. My job, my job is to, is to share, the share the love of, love of God, God with, everyone. with everyone. There you go. You are correct. That is your job, and that is what you're here to do. Number four, and I can say the fourth point with all uh, truth. On a road trip, no one wants a stiff seat. Point number four, on a road trip, no one wants a stiff seat. I had the opportunity this last weekend to drive down to Southern California and drive back. Uh, we rented a car uh, because uh, our cars were in the shop. Uh, we rented a brand new car. It was a, it was a nice uh, town and country uh, minivan. Uh, and they've made minivans so great nowadays that you can like fold the seats down and turn it into like a bed of like a truck, right? Okay. Uh, but in order to make it so the seats can fold down, uh, they sacrifice nice comfy seats like they used to have, and they legitimately put in like wood blocks. It, it is really uncomfortable. Uh, and I was very uncomfortable because on the ride down there, for the first thousand miles, I was sitting in the very back row. Uh, and it is very tight back there. Uh, and it was very uncomfortable. But something made it very comfortable for me. And I don't have an example to show you. Uh, but if you've ever traveled anywhere with me before for more than a long period of time, I bring something with me everywhere I go. Uh, I'm like 
what is it, Linus from uh, uh, Peanuts, who always carries around his, his little blanket. I don't carry around a little blanket. I carry around my comforter everywhere I go. Okay? If ever I stay the night somewhere, if I go camping, I don't bring a sleeping bag. No one wants a sleeping bag. I bring my comforter. I love my comforter. Every morning I wake up and I hug that thing. I say, I love your comforter. Okay? I go to sleep. I'm like, I can't wait to get into my comforter tonight. Okay? I love my comforter. And here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. And here's the thing. That verse there in John 14 that says he's going to send a helper. Helper can also be translated comforter. What does a comfort do? By name and by nature, a comforter comforts. A comforter comforts. And the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And no one on the road trips of this life wants a stiff seat. The Holy Spirit comes to be our comforter. Regardless of the crazy crud that we've done, no matter how bumpy the road gets, we can always be comfortable. Because the Holy Spirit is going to comfort us. And there's some really cool things that I want to... Want to just break? I take mine everywhere. Like no joke. If you've ever gone anywhere with me more than probably two hours away, or anywhere where we're staying overnight, I bring my comforter with me. Okay, and that's awesome. And here's the really cool thing: we as believers, we get to bring our spiritual comforter with us everywhere we go. That's pretty sweet. We can take our comforter wherever we go, wherever we go. How many of you guys love your comforter? Right. Winter time comes around, you got the fan on or whatnot, and, and you wake up in the morning, and you're cold, and you're just like, I don't want to get out of bed. And you just like wrap yourself up in that thing, and you like roll over, you're like, snooze button. Comforter. 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 Yeah, you, you're, you really don't care that much about your comforter when you first go to sleep, because you're just like, I'm tired, I'm getting on that. But man, when you wake up, you like that comforter. You like that comforter. And guys, the Holy Spirit is our comforter, and he's got a lot to do with us and to comfort us. He comforts us in all things. Uh, and guess what? He is our anchor, okay? Uh, Hebrews tells us that we have an anchor for our soul. We can have assurance. Romans tells us that the Holy Spirit is our assurance of our salvation. So if ever you find yourself questioning, I don't know if I'm saved or not, guess what? The Holy Spirit is the assurance of your salvation. He is the anchor for your soul. He is the comforter for your spiritual bed. Okay? He keeps you nice and tucked in, nice and warm, and he keeps you comfortable. Now, does that mean that life is all fun, smooth sailing, daisies and all that stuff? No. Life's going to be bumpy. But it's in those bumpy times of life that we need our comforter. It's when it gets really rocky that we need a comforter. It's when the heat gets pushed up a little bit that we need our comforter. It's when the trials of this life come that our comforter comes in and he helps us through. He assures us of our salvation. He is the anchor of our soul saying, hey, I've got you. I ain't never going to let you go. And the Holy Spirit draws us unto the Father. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The Holy Spirit's our comforter. I don't know how I'm doing time-wise. What time is it? Who cares? 8.14. Oh, 8.14. I still got 15 minutes. Praise Jesus. All right, what was that? We're, we're four points through? All right, I still got three more to go. This is what it says, uh, point number five. Point number five. The Holy Spirit has a question for you. The question is, you need help? You need help? Because not only is he our comforter, but he is also very much our helper. Okay, uh, and he lends out his hand saying, hey, need some help? Okay, 
this is what it says in verse 16 of John chapter 14. It says uh, that pray to the Father uh, and he will send another helper. Okay, you see that word another? Um, people throughout history have said, well, there's this another there. Uh, it must mean that there's another God, okay? Uh, that God's not one, that the Holy Spirit is something different from God. Well, what do we remember from point number two? The Holy Spirit is God. Okay, this word another or different, okay? In the Greek, there's two words uh, for another. The first Greek word is another of a different kind. Okay? Another of a different kind, like a counterfeit. Like if I were to, uh, let's say we went to McDonald's or whatnot, and uh, you ordered your McDouble, okay, uh, and you ordered a special way. And I walked by and I accidentally knocked it off the table. Okay, you'd all be mad at me. Actually, I'd be knocking it off to save you from the cholesterol. Uh, but no, uh, let, let's switch this up. If it, Brandon works at Starbucks. Brandon works at Starbucks. If we were at Starbucks, okay, how many of you guys go to Starbucks? Okay, it's like it's like the precursor to heaven. Okay, if you go to Starbucks, okay, and I'm sitting there drinking, okay. If you've ever been to Starbucks with me, if you've ever been to Starbucks with me, I like Starbucks and I get some crazy drinks. Okay, uh, and I really enjoy my crazy drinks, okay? And if I was sitting there, Brandon just made me this great drink, and Austin Cole walks in, and Austin Cole accidentally bumped my Starbucks off the table, and it fell and it spilled everywhere, okay? And Austin said, hey, it's all good. I'll get you another one. And he goes up, and he brings it back, and then I look at the thing, and it says, decaf, not regular. Oh, 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 oh. That's like the false religion of coffee. My goodness, I've been given an evil dose of... Ugh. What if he gave me, like, fat-free milk, like that white-colored water? Ugh, 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 like, disgusting. And he gave me something different than what I really had, right? That's a counterfeit. That's not good. But if I were to take it back and have them make it the way I wanted, they'd be giving me another of the same kind. I got you guys talking about Starbucks. I failed. Uh, in the Greek, rewind, Starbucks, okay, okay, rewind, we're back. In the Greek word, there's two words for another. There's two words for another. Even in the back, guys, there's two words for another, okay? The first being another of a different kind. The second Greek word for another is another of the same kind. So, Jesus here, if you were to look at the Greek, Jesus is saying the Father will send you another of the same kind. He will send someone equal to me in power. That's pretty cool. Okay, Jesus at another point tells us that it is better that he leaves us. <coughs> right? Okay, now that's weird. Like, think about it. We're Christians. We're followers of Christ. How many of you guys would say, it would be awesome if Jesus was alive and walking with us today. I could see Jesus. That would be really cool. Raise your hand. How many of you guys think it would be awesome if Jesus was walking and living with us today? Right? That's legitimately awesome. But here's the deal. Jesus said, hey, hey, hey. It's better that I go away. It's better that I'm not with you. Well, we're Christians. It's better that Jesus is not with us. Why? Because he says, I'm going to send someone else. It's the promise of the Father. It's the helper. Jesus said it's better that he leaves so that we can have the Holy Spirit. That's pretty cool. And the Holy Spirit is another of the same kind. So we have, check this out. This is crazy. Uh, we have, I want you to think about this because this is really crazy. I'm not just saying that. Uh, because I'm, I, I'm making things up. We have the same help 
And we have the same power that the disciples had when they were walking with Jesus. Amen. You have the same help that the disciples had when they were walking with Jesus, even though we don't have Jesus. Right here, physically. You have the same power, and that's the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus didn't send us something that was just a step down from Jesus. He sent us the same power. That's the Holy Spirit. And that's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like people, people like to say, I've heard it say, man, it'd be so awesome if I lived in the Old Testament times. Like, being able to see God do all those miracles. Like, it'd be awesome if I could walk with Moses and see what happened. Oh, man. It'd be really cool if I walked around with the disciples and saw what happened in the New Testament. It'd be so cool to walk around and see all that stuff. Okay? Yeah, the living conditions weren't that good. How many of you guys enjoy toilet paper? Never mind. Uh, It'd be really good to walk around and be with those people. Here's the thing. We live in the most amazing time period in the history of the world. I want you guys to realize that. We live in the most amazing time. And the reason why is because the disciples, they had Jesus. That was great. The prophets of the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would randomly come upon them. They wouldn't know when he was there and when he wasn't. But here's the deal. We living here in this age, the church age, we have unrestricted access to the Holy Spirit. We have unrestricted access to the full power of God. I want you to know that. You guys have unrestricted full capability of the power of God. Does that mean we're all going to turn into little gods? No, not at all. But the power, what's the power there for? Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be what? Witnesses. You have the unrestricted power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness for Jesus. And that's ridiculously awesome. That's ridiculously awesome. You guys can write that down. Ridiculously awesome. It's crazy. What else can we ask for when it comes to help? The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, you need help? Well, what can we ask help was? Well, I would petition to you guys. Uh, ask to be more like Jesus. Ask to be more Christ-like. The Holy Spirit can help you be more Christ-like. When you looked in the mirror this morning, did you look at yourself and say, man, I'm a spitting image of Jesus Christ. I look really good when it comes to my walk. I'm walking like Jesus. No. And if you did, you're a liar. Stop lying to yourself. Okay? You need to be more like Jesus. And you can pray to the Holy Spirit to help make you more like Jesus. And guess what? He will. So pray to be more like Jesus. Here's another one. Um, ask for help Praying. Okay? How many of you guys would say you probably need a little bit of help praying, a little bit of patience while praying, a little bit of uh, more unction while praying? If you didn't raise your hand, if you didn't say yes, uh, once again, you're lying. Okay? Uh, if you think your prayer life is perfect, you've got a lot of work to do. Have you prayed to where you sweat blood? No, I don't think so. Jesus did, so you got a lot of work to do. Okay? We need more power praying. No pressure there. Right? And we need the Holy Spirit to help us pray. What does the Bible tell us about prayer and asking the Holy Spirit to help us pray? Well, multiple things. The Holy Spirit prays through our groans. Like, when you're too lazy to even get words, the Holy Spirit will pray through your groans. Like, you sit down in a chair, you're just like, ugh. Ugh. It was a long day. Ugh. The Holy Spirit can pray through those things. That's cool. Here's another thing. The Holy Spirit gives us prayer language. 
Okay, I'm going to talk about that in the next few weeks. Uh, the Holy Spirit just gives us perseverance in prayer. Here's another one when it comes to praying and the Holy Spirit asks you for prayer. How many of you have ever been driving down the road and you once, like, a name popped in your head? You're like, I haven't seen that person in five years. Oh. I haven't seen them in five years. I'm going to go see if they have a Facebook account. <laughs> right? Right? No, the reason that name popped into your head, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, the reason that name popped into your head was not because you had a thought like, oh, I wonder if they have a Facebook. No, it's because the Holy Spirit is prompting you to pray for that person. So when you hear or you think, oh man, I wonder what that person's up to today, pray for them. Pray for them. I have heard story after story after story after story of someone who was getting in a car accident. And the car rolled and flipped and got crunched and they should have died, but they walked out of it unscathed just to find out that across the country one of their friends was like, man, I just felt like at 537 this evening I was supposed to pray for you. And they prayed for him and they were saved. Come on. The Holy Spirit prompts us to pray for people. So next time you hear the Holy Spirit drop a name in your head, some spiritual name dropping, okay? Um, don't be like, oh, I'm going to poke them on Facebook. No one knows what poke even means on Facebook. I don't even know if you can still poke people. It's ridiculous. Uh, but the Holy Spirit wants you to pray for them, okay? The Holy Spirit is real, and he wants you to pray. Another thing, the Holy Spirit, pray that the Holy Spirit helps you understand the Bible. First Corinthians tells us that you have no clue what's going on in the Bible without the Holy Spirit. So how many of you guys have ever opened the Bible and you're like, I have no clue what this means? Daily. I'm the pastor. I teach from the Bible. And there are some very confusing things at times. So i got to put on my Holy Spirit glasses and be like, all right, Jesus, Holy Spirit, help me understand this stuff. Help me be able to teach this stuff. And the Holy Spirit does. He helps us out. Another thing, ask the Holy Spirit for gifts. He's got gifts for you. And he's got an abundance of gifts for you. And he gives freely. Now, sometimes he gives something different to Austin than he gives to me. Uh, I wanted that transformer toy, but Austin got it and I didn't. It's all good, though. Um, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. To some, we were studying Ephesians. To some, he gives to be teachers and pastors, others to be prophets and apostles and evangelists. All different giftings from the Holy Spirit. There's a lot more giftings of the Holy Spirit that are there in the Bible as well. Okay? We're going to spend some time in the next probably It's going to be like three weeks from now talking about uh, what the gifts are uh, and how we can operate in them and how uh, the Holy Spirit has given the, them to us for his mission. It's really cool. Um, but he gives us gifts. So ask for those gifts. Um, six. Okay? Uh, and we're, we're going to finish on time tonight. Praise <laughs> Jesus. The Holy Spirit never takes... Selfies. Um, Never take selfies. Yeah, I'm going to help you out with this. Okay? Did, did you just say narcissism? That's the perfect word. The Holy Spirit is not a narcissist. Okay? If I were to have my... I don't have my cell phone up here because I'm a good Christian in church. Okay? I said that. Yeah. Okay. A selfie is where I like... I, I bust out my phone and I'm like, I'm going to take a picture of everyone. No, I'm going to bust into narcissist mode, press that little button up, it switches yeah, the camera, yeah. I take a picture of myself. How many of you guys taken a selfie before? Yeah, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm just Put your hands up. I see your Facebook accounts. Instagrams and Twitter. All right. No, we all know what a selfie is. Corey's taking a selfie in the front row right now. Well played. Narcissistic. No. Uh, the Holy Spirit does not take selfies. And what do I mean when I say this? The Holy Spirit never draws attention to himself. It's never about, woo, the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Okay. No, it's never about that. John chapter 15, verse 26. Write that down and underline it. John chapter 15, verse 26. The Holy Spirit is always glorifying Jesus. 
If the Holy Spirit is at work, if any of the operations of the Holy Spirit, the giftings of the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, anytime the Holy Spirit is at work, He is doing one thing, and He is pointing people back to Jesus. So anytime you hear, and we're going to talk about this, trust me, we're going to talk about this in two weeks. You want to be here in two weeks. The title of the message in two weeks is called Ghost Stories. Uh, I've already put it down. It's going to be a picture of the Ghostbusters. Okay? Uh, because there's a lot of times the Holy Spirit's been blamed for things that are not the Holy Spirit. Okay. Last time I checked, the Holy Spirit does not use people barking and drooling to point to Jesus. Okay, That is weird. And that is not the Holy Spirit. But in the history of the church... There's been some things pointed on the Holy Spirit that aren't the Holy Spirit. And here's the deal. The Holy Spirit never takes selfies. It's not about, look what the Holy Spirit's doing. It's all about, look at Jesus. The Holy Spirit is always pointing people to Jesus. So if you get in a situation where it all becomes about the Holy Spirit, take a step back. Don't leave. That's only tells us to test the spirits. Don't like just throw them out with the bathwater, okay? But take a step back and be like, is this about Spirit, or is this about Jesus? Because if it isn't about Jesus, then it ain't the Holy Spirit. You guys all get that? Yeah. Holy Spirit's not narcissistic. He's not egotistical. He's about pointing people to Jesus. How can I say this with all assurance? Okay. What does he tell us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8? Receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be weirdos talking all about the Holy Spirit. No, he says to be witnesses about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. What did Paul say? Paul said, I resolve know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Christ and him crucified. I'm going to steal a little bit from two weeks down the the road's message. We're going to come to that. But in the church in Corinth, the church in Corinth, so much was all about, ooh, the Holy Spirit, like the essence of God, all that cool stuff, you know. So much so that they said, I don't even think Paul's full of the Holy Spirit. Like, they called out Paul, like the guy who was teaching them about the Holy Spirit. They called him out and said, I don't know if you're from the Holy Spirit. We never heard you talk in tongues before. That happens in churches today. People say that, okay? Uh, He said, we never heard you talk in tongues. Paul says this. He said, I speak in tongues more than any of you. But he said, I would rather, I would rather hear like just ten words in understandable language than hear thousands of words in some angelic tongue that doesn't profit us anything. Now, am I saying tongues is... No, I speak in tongues. That's great. Okay? Speaking tongues every day. But here's the deal. I'd rather speak English to you guys, because you guys are going to understand English. And it's all about Jesus. Paul says, I know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is not a narcissist. The Holy Spirit does not take spiritual selfies. We got that one nailed home? You guys good? Okay, who does the Holy Spirit point to? Jesus. Praise God. You guys are getting this. This is good. Ah, there's another coffee request. Here we go. Number seven. The final point. Am I going to finish on time? Five minutes. Bo, come up and start playing guitar. The, the, the guitar always helps me finish on time. It also, make, it also makes it sound more spiritual, you know. Praise Jesus. Number seven is the Holy Spirit is our power source. Come on. Okay. The Holy Spirit is our power source. Okay. And, and, and this is pretty cool. How many of you guys have ever been, uh, like your computer uh, was going to die? Okay. It was like dying. It was dead. Uh, and, and you plug it into the wall, 
And that little green light on your little power box turns green, and your computer gets power again. Okay? The Holy Spirit is our uninterrupted power. And we have power from the Holy Spirit to do some amazing things. He is with us, and He is in us. Those two things. Two things the Holy Spirit does. But how many did I say He does with us? He does three. He's with us. He's in us. And the third thing is He can come upon us. So if you've given your heart to Jesus, no, no, I'm going to take a step back. If you haven't given your heart to the Lord, know this right now, that the Holy Spirit is drawing you. He's with you and He's drawing you unto the Father. But know this, if you've given your heart to Jesus, and you said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life, then the Holy Spirit has taken up residence and He is in you. But here's the deal. The disciples, God said they were full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you're full of the Holy Spirit. Let Wait here just a little bit longer so that you can receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Upon you. So third thing. We're going to talk in the next few weeks about what it means to have the Holy Spirit come upon you. But just know this. The Holy Spirit comes upon us so that we can be powerful for the Lord. Can you be a Christian and live a great life and just have the Holy Spirit in you? Yeah, absolutely. There's many, many great people throughout history thousands, millions of people who live for Christ, lived a great life, are in heaven rejoicing with the saints, but they just had the Holy Spirit in them. They didn't have the Holy Spirit come upon them. It's the second thing. It's biblical. And the Holy Spirit, when He comes upon you, you receive power to do even greater things. With Jesus, lead one or two people to Christ. Praise God. But when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, lead thousands. It happens. It happens. You might be sitting here thinking, when I say that, you're like, I ain't ever going to lead a thousand people to Jesus. Why not? Why not? I, I believe we all could. If we receive power from the Holy Spirit to be a witness. One of those gifts of the Spirit is evangelism. You need a little extra boldness? You want to be a little bit better of an evangelist? And ask God for the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to fill you. Ask Him to, to baptize you in His Spirit. Have the Holy Spirit come on. I'm jumping on like six weeks down the road. My goodness. I, I get jacked up about this stuff. It's awesome. God intended for us. God intended for us to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. God didn't just say, here's a cup. Here it is half full. God didn't intend for us to just drink half a cup of water wanted to give us a cup of water that was overflowing and running over. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full. For the power that he gives to reach the world for Jesus. Like I said earlier, we live in the best days. We have unrestricted access to the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to invite you guys to stand tonight as we're closing this message and I'm closing on time. Bo's jamming on the guitar. I'm going to ask if we can just maybe flip the lights down a little bit. That would be awesome. Thanks, Dustin. Touch me. Here's what I got for you guys tonight. Maybe you're here and you're hearing this and you're like, hey, this is great. I want the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to come upon me. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Praise God because guess what? He wants you to be as well. Okay? And all we need to do is ask because the Bible tells us that our God loves us so much. Your earthly father, if you ask for food, he doesn't give you a rock. He gives you food. So much more will our Father in Heaven give freely to those who ask. 
But maybe you're here tonight. And, and what's going through your mind is you're saying, you know what? I don't know if, if I need to be full of the Holy Spirit yet. I just want the Holy Spirit to come in. I don't know if I'm saved or not. So with every eye closed and with every head bowed, we're going to do this every week. I'm going to give the opportunity. Here's the thing. If you've heard this all before, or maybe you haven't heard it before, but you say, I want to know for sure. I want to have that assurance that I am saved, that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior, and I have security in heaven because I've said Jesus come. And if that's you tonight, let me know by raising your hand. Awesome. Awesome. Here's the thing. I know most of you guys pretty well. Some of you I don't know very well, but I'm getting to know you. Uh, and no hands went up. So here's the thing. That means one of two things. Number one, it means you're saying, you know what, I want to reject the Spirit for right now. Okay. If that, if number one, and you're saying, I want to reject God, um, I'm saying it blink like that because that's what it is. Uh, if you want to reject God, that's okay. It's your choice. Uh, but know this. Uh, no man knows the day or the hour. Okay. And you can leave this place right now. And as you're pulling out, a semi could come by. I'm being brutally honest. A semi could come by at 60 miles an hour, hit your car, and you could die. If you haven't made the decision to follow Jesus, there's no time like the present. The Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. So you can make that decision. Make the decision. It will be the greatest decision in your life. But here's the other option, number two. And the other option could be this. Yeah, we're all The other option is we've all given our heart to Jesus and we're all a part of one big happy family. And that is a time for rejoicing. That is a time for rejoicing. Man, that guitar was good. Here's the other thing. With eyes open and with heads up. With eyes open and with heads up. If you say right now you want more of the Holy Spirit, and you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, you want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you want the Holy Spirit to come upon you, hey, just let us all know by raising your hands. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit. Hey, I want the Holy Spirit. There we go. And here's the deal. You have all the ask. And so we're going to ask and we're going to believe this together. And then we're going to rock out and party because this is some happy music. So let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. Dear God, we thank you so much. We thank you for your spirit. God, we thank you that your spirit uh, is a person and it's not a thing. God, we thank you that he is God and he's busy in salvation. He's our comforter. He's our help. He always points back to you. And God, that he is the source of our power. God, we pray that tonight, each and every single one of us will be filled anew with your spirit, filled afresh. God, that we would be full of the power of the Holy Ghost. God, that you would give us gifts. God, that we would learn to operate in the gifts. God, we pray that you would give us power and so that we can point people back to you. God, we pray that each and every single one of the people in this room, God, that not one of us would leave the same as when we came in. But God, we would all leave with more power, with more boldness, with more authority because of the Holy Spirit taking up residence inside of us and coming upon us and giving us power. God, we thank you and we praise you for the great things that you are going to do as a result of us being obedient and asking.
asking, us being faithful and believing, and us stepping out in faith and saying, I want to see this world come to know Jesus. So God, we praise you and we thank you. God, may all the glory and all the honor be unto you, both now and forever. And all God saved said, Amen. Amen. I was a lost in the running away from that